Today, we have Bobby Hodgson back on the Hudson Mohawk magazine to talk about an update with some wins that the NYCLU has had related to 50A. One related to the Troy PD and another related to the New York State Police. Bobby, welcome back to the Hudson Mohawk magazine. Thanks so much for having me back. And maybe we'll just start with the bigger picture here, the state police. You have filed new lawsuit against the state police for unlawfully hiding officer names in misconduct records. Now, you had recently gotten a whole bunch of the misconduct records. Can you explain what has transpired? The story is a little a little long, and it goes back to the repeal of, of Section 50A in 2020, which sort of removed for the first time the, the veil of secrecy over police misconduct records in New York State. So way back then, we had filed a freedom of information law request with the New York State Police, seeking a bunch of different types of records associated with the state police's disciplinary practices, investigations, what happens when a misconduct complaint is filed. Um, and you know, unfortunately, we were forced to sue them um, because they were sort of withholding as a broad matter all of these underlying disciplinary files um, from the years 2000 to 2020. So that, that's a lawsuit that we filed a few years ago, and we did win a, a significant victory in court uh, in the Albany County Supreme Court, where a judge ordered the New York State Police to begin turning over those disciplinary files. In the meantime, we had also gotten our hands on a database, so a much higher level look at thousands and thousands of misconduct investigation records from that same period of time, 2000 to 2020, uh, for the New York State Police. And it did give us some really important information that raised a lot of concerns and that we were able to process into a, a report that we made public on our website. Folks should check it out. Just revealing basic information about how many investigation or complaints went unsubstantiated versus substantiated, what types of discipline were imposed. Um, you know, we unfortunately found that for the vast majority of instances where the New York State Police found that an officer had, you know, done something wrong, the officer mostly received just sort of a slap on the wrist, uh, a, a type of discipline that didn't really do much. But one thing that was unfortunately kept from us and kept from the public was officer names. They had sort of as a blanket matter redacted and withheld every New York State Police officer's name from this database that was associated with any complaint where the state police did not impose discipline. So the vast majority of these records have basic information about what the complaint was about and what happened, but they don't tell us who the officers were. And that really hinders our ability and the public's ability to do sort of systemic analysis of this data, which was kind of the whole point of the repeal of 50A to say, well, okay, what's happening across this whole system? Are there officers here who have 60 unsubstantiated complaint records? Or, you know, does this particular officer have one or two? And that's really important information for the public to understand, you know, what happens when they file a complaint or when someone brings forth an allegation that the New York State Police acted in a way that was problematic or unlawful. And to date, you know, this is still secret information. So we brought a new lawsuit um, to try and force the New York State Police to, to remove those redactions, to give us a full database that provides the public with a fuller picture of, you know, what's going on in the New York State Police's accountability system. 
Bobby, thank you for that overview. Now, obviously, these lawsuits take some time. What is the scope of when you uh, expect to be in court on this? You know, right now, it's scheduled to happen over the next couple of weeks and months. And we are hopeful that because, you know, we already have an ongoing lawsuit against the New York State Police where we did win that initial order, because this case is related to that one, we're hopeful that, you know, this case will move forward at a faster clip and, you know, will be recognized as sort of presenting very similar issues. So we don't yet have a specific date for a hearing or when we'll be showing up in court, but we do hope that it'll happen soon and that we could get a, a decision and hopefully, you know, some information and documents to the public on a faster schedule. Of course, you know, we don't fully have control over that and the court will move uh, at the speed it moves and the New York State Police can always sort of seek to delay things or appeal things as they have done in the past. Now, Bobby, the NYCLU has also uh, had some news related to what might be considered a win here in Troy related to 50A with the Troy police. Um, You had initially won uh, in court related to releasing uh, disciplinary records, but then Troy decided to appeal this. Can you discuss what has transpired here and uh, what it means that the city of Troy has agreed to withdraw its appeal and turn over the disciplinary records? Absolutely. I, th- this was, as you said, this was a great win. Uh, again, <laughs> we were forced to sue uh, the Troy Police Department for a similar withholding, uh, where they were refusing to turn over all of their disciplinary records that were associated with complaints where they hadn't imposed discipline. So all of these unsubstantiated, unfounded, abandoned, open complaints um, were something that they had categorically withheld from the public. Um, And we got a wonderful ruling from uh, the court in that case back in February of 2023, ordering Troy to start turning them over. Um, Troy sort of put a pause on that by filing an appeal, which would have meant that the entire case would have gone up to the appellate division of New York State courts um, and could have dragged on for quite some time. And thankfully and happily, uh, we were just able to announce last week that instead of pursuing their appeal, they've agreed to drop it and will, in fact, be turning over the records they were ordered to turn over back in February. And they'll do it starting this month and on a rolling basis for the next few months until all of those records are turned over. Um, and we will, of course, be be then making those public. So the, the community in Troy can see, again, what police accountability has looked like in the past several decades in their community. And I assume, Bobby, those will appear on your website the way you've done with other cities that you were able to obtain this information for? Absolutely. Our, our you know, goal is always to make this information public so that folks in the community can, can be using it, uh, discussing it, and having informed conversations about what their police department is doing in real time. So we, we will have it up on our website. We may be able to do some analysis of it, but we haven't seen it yet, so we don't really know. I am curious, Bobby, do you know why the city of Troy changed their tactic on this one? You know, I, I I wouldn't want to speculate. I think, you know, number one, while we have been forced to bring a lot of lawsuits across the state, you know, for context, we've now sued over a dozen, you know, police departments. So Troy and the New York State Police are not alone here in trying to to withhold this information and maintain a, a veil of secrecy over police misconduct records. 
But at the same time, I'm hopeful that they saw the writing on the wall and that as these cases have moved through the higher courts of New York State, it's been really clear that these courts have uniformly said, absolutely not. You cannot be withholding these records, police departments, in the way that you're doing. So part of me is, is hopeful that perhaps these departments are starting to see the writing on the wall as the the court decisions get more and more numerous. Um, at the same time, we, we also won an order back in February, along with the record. Records, Troy was instructed to pay attorney's fees um, because the court found that they had not taken reasonable positions in their withholdings. And we, in the interest of getting these documents out uh, and public, were willing to forego those fees in exchange for ending this case and getting the documents you know, as soon as possible. So I, I suspect that had something to do with it as well. Now, uh, Bobby, as we uh, wrap up this interview here, what should our audience know about your work with 50A and its significance? Or is there uh, another city within New York that is uh, their data might be coming online uh, soon as well? Yeah, watch this space. I think there, there are a lot. We, we, we just released, you know, a, a sort of deep dive of the higher level New York State Police. We have other cities have, have turned over, you know, tens of thousands of records across the state that we are promptly processing and, and hoping to make public soon. I can't tell you which one's coming next, but I can tell you that we've, you know, we've received thousands of records from Buffalo, for example, and hope to make those public very soon. Um, and that there are other uh, jurisdictions around the state that will continue to roll out as we get them. And in the meantime, I think keep an eye out on our website. And if you're interested in, in what's happening in terms of police accountability in your city or town, feel free to reach out to us uh, if you have any questions at all. Bobby Hodgson, Supervising Attorney for the NYCLU. Thank you for joining us again for this update on 50A. Of course. Thanks for having me.